You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. You're sitting there eating dinner, maybe, and then you're like going, it's dark out. <laughs> and you're like, it can't be. No, no, wait, stop. You know, it's funny because people down south are complaining about the daylight is just going, man. I'll tell you, when I first moved here about 100 years ago, I, I met uh, Frank because he noticed my North Carolina license plates in the apartment complex and he f- followed me, you know, and literally followed me. <laughs> and uh, so we met and he was from Raleigh and uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what, when it goes around here, man, it goes. And I was like, what is he talking about? But I didn't say anything. And then I found out what he meant. I mean, you know, when it, when it starts, when the daylight starts to go, it goes quick. But I hope you can enjoy some of the darkness, which is about to be gone in a few moments. Uh, incredible, beautiful moon out. I just think about God's creation. I think, you know, did he really put it there so we could have beautiful light? shining down i i don't know I, you know or it's got some other reason we don't know yet so many things that have been discovered over the last couple thousand years that were there all along you know built into the molecules and the planets and the all that you know so who knows what's there it may, i don't know it makes kind of like living with god exciting i think i think so anyway Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Now get a hold of this. Get your kids around right here. It's been 230 years since Mr. Robert Carter III, the patriarch of one of the wealthiest families in Virginia, quietly walked into a Northumberland County courthouse and delivered an airtight legal document announcing his intention to free or manumit over 500 slaves. An incredible story. You're like, why don't I know this story? Why don't? Because it just didn't get out until Thomas Duckenfield started doing research on his family and found out that that's where he was a descendant from. He's a Washington, D.C. attorney and a government contractor, and he started finding these census documents and things from the 1850s, and he noticed his ancestors and adjoining families had two parents, a rarity in an era when slaveholders ripped families apart. Tax records from 1880 onward indicated a trend of education, land ownership, gainful employment, not just planting and agriculture, but an array of occupations. By the 1930s, they were graduating from colleges, entering the teaching and nursing professions. In the 1950s, women in his family were attending a variety of professional degrees. It was almost unheard of. Incredible. Mr. Carter, an incredible guy there, a religious wanderer drawn in later in life to integrated churches like Quakers, Baptists, and stuff. You got to remember, he freed, he made it possible for over 511 people, and he established a systematic way to do that. It was absolutely genius. And people have looked at it and said, wow, that should have been done more. It was amazing. And, of course, they flourished and prospered, as the man showed, all through there. Wow, we incredible. I mean, you're talking about a man whose father owned 300,000 acres of land, 16 plantations in Virginia, almost unheard of. 
and and uh, here is his son. I think personally that he, God just put it on him that this is what I'm going to do in the face of everybody else, everybody, even people who believed that it was wrong but still had slaves. He went and he did it, and he did it in an incredibly thorough manner. Incredible thing. Now, kids, the history is out. So I expect it to be on the 11 o'clock news tonight. I really do. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I um, was pretty active yesterday, a little unusual. For some reason, my daughter and her husband... The, uh, the things, I guess that's their, their day off. And so Sunday afternoons, it's like, that's when you're going to be moving things, right? And uh, that's moving. That's uh, kind of fun there. Uh, it was from the storage shed, which I understand. I Every time I see one of those places, I think, man, I missed that 30 years ago. I should have bought a piece of land and put a put a storage unit on there. People put stuff in there for three months and leave it for 30 years and they're just paying rent on it. Anyway, so one of the things that we had to move at the back of the storage shed, you ready for this, was a cast iron wood stove. And and a lot of people, if you know, if you've ever moved one, you just rolled your eyes and, oh, and probably relived a bad experience all over again. But it was okay. We had a hand cart. Everything went fine. The handcart had flat tires and all that. We had to go up around. This guy is sore, man. Pray for me today. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The Sound of Life. Cup of Joe Morning Show. Yes. Good morning, Cup of Joe Morning Show. Hi, my name is Dorita Fernandez. Hi, Dorita. I didn't realize the time and the date, but my daughter has been in the hospital for five weeks of COVID pneumonia. We just got a call that her body's shutting down. I wanted you to announce prayer sure. that Raquel, my daughter, yeah. shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Thank you. You're certainly welcome. We pray for a daughter right now, and you join with me, of course, for healing, Lord, and for comfort for her loved ones, of course, and for safety in them. And Lord, we ask you to Bring your peace to those living with uncertainty all around this. Maybe people have been exposed, people with the virus, people who know people, right? We ask you to give your patience to those who are not able to move freely in their communities. Uh, Maybe they're quarantined now, Lord, and we pray for your patience and peace for them. And we pray for your wisdom and guidance and protection over people who are uh, medical professionals, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. And we certainly thank you for the healing of her daughter. Strengthen her, encourage her, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for praying along with me this morning. The Sound of Life. I've been very thankful late in the last year and a half. You know, you wake up feeling good. Yes, it's great. A lot of people don't. Man, I'm just very thankful. I really do. I've got a thankful attitude. Elisa Turkirst is reminding us today that God is closer than we often realize. Ooh. He sees things that we don't see, and he knows things that we don't know. That's the understatement of the year, isn't it? He has a perspective from where he is, God does, 
from where he is that allows him to see all things, the past, the present, and the future. Right there, all at once. It's incredible. From the day we were conceived to the day we breathe our last breath. Wow, I hope that reassures you today. It does me. I love that. Wow. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. We're in an era, and I don't have to tell you this, where we're really controlled by the video. And uh, it, it's, it's sad, kind of, really, because we've really been duped in a lot of cases. I mean, all of us have. All of us. I, I doubt anybody has not. And um, Wynn Collier had an incredible example that happened just a few years ago. And uh, it was on a baseball field, right? It's being televised. Television was 2018. Chicago Cubs uh, player wanted to give a baseball to a young boy sitting by the dugout. But when the coach tossed the ball toward him, a man scooped it up instead. Just me saying that's got you riled up, doesn't it? The video event went viral. News outlets and social media skewered this, quote, brute of a man. Except what you didn't know was the story behind that. The man earlier had helped the young boy snag a foul ball, and they agreed to share any additional balls that came their way. Unfortunately, it took about 24 hours before the true story emerged. The mob had already done its damage, demonizing an innocent man. Wow. That happens too many times. We think we got all the facts, and we only have fragments, and we've got a modern gotcha culture, snippets of dramatic video, inflamed tweets. It becomes easy to condemn people without hearing the full story. In the Bible, <laughs> it warns us not to spread false reports. That's a quote from... Uh, Exodus, by the way. So let's do everything possible to, uh, you know, confirm the truth before leveling accusations, making sure not to participate in lies. Let's say, let's just, you know, something bad. Let's just let the investigation handle it out. Use caution. That's always a great word to use, right? It's always a great thing. Father God, with things moving so fast these days, it's often hard to know what's real. Help us to listen Pay attention and speak only the truth. Amen. Thank you. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. We all know that Christmas Day is like the biggest thing ever, right? I mean, you can remember being a child probably. One way or the other, that's like the big day growing up and everything. It's really a big day to get your movie released on Christmas Day. It's a big deal in the movie circles, right? All those people in that. Well, everybody knows that faith-based movies aren't ever going to be released on Christmas Day. They never have been. Who's going to do it? Well, until now, yes, indeed. Yep. It's a true story of American football quarterback Kurt Warner, who is very much still active in the world, uh, is the first faith and family Lionsgate film to earn a coveted Christmas Day release. Um, Zachary Levi star and Anna Paquin are in it. It's about Kurt Warner. I remember when he came out of... Uh, <laughs> The uh, what was it? the arena ball, and he was taken as quarterback. And they said, Man, this guy was stocking grocery store shelves like two weeks ago or something. I, it, it was really amazing. He really did. That's his story stocking shelves at a supermarket, and then went on to become Super Bowl MVP 
and changed his I like to say the least. They're pretty amazing. And the guy loves Jesus. Amazing. Um, the directors are John and Andy Irwin. You probably recognize that last name. They worked with uh, him before. The actors, anyway, they did The Unbreakable Boy. And they said, basically, God is opening doors in film that I never thought possible. <gasps> Ye of little faith. Come on there. You know, well, they're in the industry. They ought to know. And they see a pretty amazing parting of the Christmas Day release, if you will. <laughs> it's pretty amazing there. And so that's great. Pray for that, man. It's uh, They said it turned out fantastic, and I can't wait to see it. Yay! Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Well, today's a big anniversary of when the United Nations declared today to be the International Day of Peace. So that's actually on the calendar. It's one of those things. They don't get the day off or no schools and no post office. They're all working good. 1981 is when they did that. And the purpose uh, is to strengthen the ideals of peace between nations and people. I'm not thinking people outside the UN right now in lower Manhattan or in a state of peace right now, because every time the U.N. General Assembly meets, which they did yesterday and today, there is an alert, and it's called gridlock alert. And uh, so that's, <clears throat> sorry about that. If you have to deal with that, it's funny how a peaceful organization can cause so much unrest when they go to meet. It's kind of one of those... I don't know. It's kind of a strange thing, isn't it? It's just it's kind of weird. The sound of life. I'm always reminded of that very famous photograph. I guess it's famous. There are not that many photographs taken of the Titanic for obvious reasons. This one is one. It's pulling out of the port, maybe Liverpool, taking off out into the ocean. Well, it's getting ready to. But everybody's on deck waving goodbye like they still do that. And, I, and it just hits you. When you see it, it has to. It hits you right in the gut. It's like, wow, they had no idea that they were waving goodbye to their loved ones and their friends. They would never see them again. For the most part, most of them didn't. Wow. What if today was the last day? It's a powerful song there, Matthew West. It sure is. Think about today and your child sitting down, getting ready to. The little child sitting behind that desk. Got that little mask on, maybe, you know teacher sitting there learning let's see what you could <laughs> just sitting there number question number six for the third grader going like this who's your hero dad writing out there you know in third grade d-a-d -D, dad second part of the question is why do you consider this person your hero he is brave Woo! Yes! But there's a third part of this question. It's number C, and your little third grader is getting ready to answer. Is there anything your hero is frightened of? And you write out, Mom! Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning! Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. It'll be the last day of, officially the last day of summer, and then tomorrow will be like 90. No, I'm just teasing. But uh, nice, I mean, kind of warm, you know. Um, next couple of days coming up, the clouds come in, the humidity won't be fresh overnight. Okay, but it won't be bad, you know. And then, and then I mean, it's cooling off. You know it's coming. <laughs>
<laughs> may take a month, but you know what's coming. So was Mike Donahue. Man, I tell you, I knew he was coming. I'm just getting ready to unload this on you because uh, they're really celebrating at the Walby, they call it. The Walby, uh, the Word of Life Bible Institute, all the students are back and they're having homecoming on Columbus Day weekend, which is Saturday, October the 9th. It's a big day. They have invited Mike Donahue of 10th Avenue North. Uh, Mike had just posted, I just saw this yesterday, he is having his second bout with COVID. He said it's much less intense than the first go-around, way less more intenser. He put that in quotations. In fact, he's already getting his taste back after five days. Wow. His uh, second book is changing direction. It started as a book on Mike's positions on controversial topics. But it's becoming a book more about proper posture as we disagree. Uh, Mike is in quarantine. He's Zooming with those who signed up during his Kickstarter. So uh, I'll give you his Instagram address. Very easy. Mike Donahue. Mike, D-O-N-E-H-E-Y, Donahue. He has a check mark too. So he's got that little blue check mark by his name. You know it's the real guy in a really cool sweater on you. Mike Donahue. So he is going to be there. And the thing is, there's no charge for you to go. You need a ticket. They want everybody that's going to go to get a ticket. But uh, I'm going to provide the link for you to get a ticket. And that will be, <laughs> you're ready. I mean, I don't think they're going to get flooded. It's going to be at the Jack Wurtson Center, which has all been redone. So I don't, I don't think they're going to be but, but inundated. But, you know, you never can tell. Uh, it is a Saturday night at 7 o'clock, so there you go. Um, free of charge, you just got to go online, click on, and get them. I'll post the link on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook news feed just for you. Get well, Mike. Come on, buddy. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Uh, Matthew West got to talk with, do a little video blog with the Kendrick Brothers. You know, courageous Kendrick Brothers. Well, and they just came out with a movie, Show Me the Father. Ooh, baby. Wow, that's out in theaters. So he was talking with them, and you notice their gray beards. In their photograph, well, it, it's <laughs> that's, that's not makeup. <laughs> he said, no, we've aged. <laughs> There's no two ways about that. And it's a good thing, too, because the 10th anniversary Courageous Legacy movie is in theaters this Friday. And they were kind of joking about it, as they always do, lightheartedly, about making movies and stuff and how God provides. And he said, yeah, we, we don't have to put makeup on. We've aged. We, we looked the part just naturally. So it's very cool. From the creators of War Room, Overcomer, and Fireproof, 10th Anniversary Courageous Legacy in theaters this Friday. Yes. Just for you, I have posted the link to get tickets. You can check out the movie theaters, ticket times, and stuff. At least that's the idea. Uh, I post on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page and also because they have a lot more friends over there on the uh, Sound of Life. Uh, a lot more people see it in their news feed. Sound of Life Facebook page. So be looking for it. There it is for your family. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. I'll see you at the poll Wednesday. Oh, yeah. All righty. So uh, that started, in case you didn't know, back in Texas. There were, was a revival, a youth revival going on there. And uh, that weekend, 
bunch of students said they felt led to pray for the schools, and they didn't know exactly what to do. So they said, well, let's go over to the school. They went to three different schools. They said, what do we do? They said, well, let's just go to the flagpole. How about that? And they went to the flagpole, and they stood there, and then they prayed for people in the school and the administrators and anybody they could think of. And then it got to be, they spread the word. And then, like, next year, they had, like, 20-some thousand kids in around Texas. And now it's worldwide. And now I want you yes, to hear from Bree. I would say pretty typical student. Tell us, Bree, about See You at the Pole. See You at the Pole is where you go to school, like, before your first class starts. And a bunch of kids and possibly teachers go out to the flagpole and they all pray over the school and the teachers and the students and the family. I was not scared to go to see you at the poll because I was actually like really excited to do it because I thought it would be fun. Yes, because I made plans with one of my friends to go there, like go together so I wouldn't be alone. What it looked like was when I first got to school there was like no one there when there was supposed to be. It was like a little late so we went to our lockers or whatever and then we saw people standing outside and we were like, oh no, gotta go. So we went outside and there was like a whole bunch of people standing, like a whole bunch of kids and two um, adults standing out there around the pole. And we were all holding hands singing the song Oceans by Hillsong. Then after that we did a popcorn prayer where we all went in a circle and whoever wanted to pray could pray. See you at the pole. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face. And a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. We're going to pray right now because, I mean, there's no way you can imagine what it would be like, but you can get a sense of the terror of being a follower of Jesus, a Christian in Afghanistan. And that's what we're praying for right now. There's a, a, you know, it's a whole kind of a movement thing every day. Pray for those the church there, the followers there. Um, so, Father God, we ask your Holy Spirit to fill them, the believers, the people that follow you in Afghanistan with peace, power, and wisdom to navigate the days that they're in. As you know, some will leave, some will stay, some will die. Father God, use their faith in trial to spark a great turning to Jesus. Amen. Thank you. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Clap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. It's a big day history today. It was in 1991. Wow, that seems kind of late. It was at the Huntington Library. Uh, they made the Dead Sea Scrolls available to the public for the first time. And I was kind of wondering, you know, a lot of times, you, if you know what they are, you kind of say, yeah, we got the, the Dead Sea Scrolls were made public and stuff like that. And you may be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to tell you real quick, okay? Now, this is this because is, it's incredibly significant. It's almost like something out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's kind of the way it is, right? Except it, it was almost as significant as the Ark. Not quite there, but it really is. They were ancient Jewish and Hebrew religious manuscripts. They were found in these caves, Quamran Caves in the Judean Desert. They're on the north shore of the Dead Sea in the West Bank, hence the name Dead Sea Scrolls. They were scrolls that were rolled up, and they were put in these pots, these clay pots, right? 
And they were way back up in there, and they just sat there. Now, we're talking 400 B.C., I think. Whoa, okay? That the reason they're significant is because some people actually said, oh, now we'll find out what really is in the Bible. And then they looked at the modern text of the Old Testament. It's identical. It was written down and copied I, I. Identical. Right? That's what yeah. I'm talking about. The sound of life. A little fun with Yogi. That's right. He got a nickname from another ball player as he was sitting on the ground because he didn't have dugouts back in the day. And he said, I had my legs crossed. I was kind of hunched over. And one of the other ball players said, you look like a Yogi. And the name stuck. His name is Lawrence Peter Barra, born in the hill section of St. Louis, a real melting pot for this country. And uh, that he, you know, he grew up. He's born in what 1925. Grew up during the Depression. Went to work when he was 14. Everybody worked. As, you know, everybody had that uh, mindset. You know, and his father came from the old country, as they say. He, uh, I thought he was living in Upper Montclair when he died. He died on this day in 2015. He was actually, I guess, living in West Caldwell, New Jersey. But uh, it's interesting how he got to be playing for the Yankees. But that's a whole nother story. But he's known, of course, for his sayings, which could make you go, what? <laughs> what did he just say? But it, it was funny now. This is just a little clip of him in an interview. It's a fascinating interview he did later in his life. And in it, he's going to mention, he's talking about hitting the ball, right? But he's going to mention Jeter. And he is, of course, talking about Derek Jeter, fellow Hall of Famer, now that he is in there. But it's uh, it's an interesting clip. I thought I'd share it with you this morning when asked about hitting. But hitting, I, I was very fortunate. You know, a lot of guys say, you're a bad ball hitter. I said, no, the ball looked good to me. I swung at it. <laughs> I could leave a pitch alone the first time right there. The next time I hit at it. And I do something with it. I have fun with Jeter. You know, sometimes he strikes out on that ball up here. And I get on him. I said, what are you, what are you swinging that ball for? I said, it looks good. And he said, you used to swing at it. I said, yeah, but I hit it. You don't. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Just thinking about that device you have. I'm almost now don't want to say the name of it, but, you know, Siri, we got the Siri. Me and Siri don't get along. Alexa, we do better. You know, voice assistants is what the they're what they are, and uh, they're smart devices. And there's been a lot of talk about if they're real, what are they hearing, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it was a story about a six year old that talked to her family's new device about cookies in a dollhouse, and later the mom got an email about the order of seven pounds of cookies and a $170 dollhouse that were on their way to their home. <laughs> Even a talking parent in London whose owner had never bought anything online, ordered a package or something. And, you know, nowadays we're like, uh, I don't want to say the device. Device, turn on the, because if I say the name of it, your device will light up. <laughs> this is a scary thing. Turn on the living room lights. And the device replied, there's no pudding room. You know, that's the kind of response that I get. I love the little girl that ordered a dollhouse. And, and, and then it made the news because it was a novel thing about how, Anybody can talk to it, you know, even a preschooler, and get something ordered. And, of course, all the, it, all these news teams, eyewitness news teams across the country, the person at the desk is telling the nightly news, repeating this story and repeating the words that the little girl said. Think about it. As that voice went out 
into all these homes that had one of those devices, they lit up and did what that reporter said to do. It caused this avalanche of chaos and order. Whoo, man. Well, thankfully, there's no misunderstanding on God's part when we talked with him. I mean, to say that he's never confused is an understatement because, see, he knows our heart better than we do. His spirit searches our hearts and understands God's will. You ever had an answer to prayer that you don't even remember praying? You never actually voiced Anyway, it's an amazing thing. God's spirit is. The apostle Paul told us in the church in Rome that God promises he'll accomplish his good purpose of maturing us and making us more like his son, whether we like it or not. No, (laughs) you know, it's a pretty cool thing. So if you're troubled about how to express yourself to God, that's kind of a theme today on Cup of Joe Morning Show, maybe not understanding what or how to pray, you know. Say what you can from the heart. The Spirit's going to understand. As I said, you may not even utter it. Father God, (laughs) thank you that you know our heart. We love you for that. And many other reasons, of course. Help us to express our thoughts to you and to trust you to understand. Amen. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. I have to tell you what I did today. And maybe you can uh, not be like me this morning. You have to be careful. You know, I was on this uh, forum that I'm on a lot of that, that people ask questions. And it got my attention because spiders, everybody's got spiders, right? We're all dealing with spiders now. This is the season for some reason, you know. And uh, we just had a thing right out in front of the radio station here, right in the front. This this gigantic monster spider. Okay, well, it was, you know, it was an outdoor spider. Was making a web like right in front of the door. Really? <laughs> Come in early. I don't want to deal with spiders in the morning. Most of the time, I walk out of my house. I go, you know, it doesn't take long for I go through a web. I get here and go through. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is something else. So the question in the question and answer forum was, will spiders come into a house that is clean, a clean house? Why would they come in if there's no food? Is there food there for them? The answer you might not really want to know because the research has been done. And I scrolled down a little bit too far about that. Well, to make a long story short, spiders come in every house. You, everybody's got spiders. Some of them are really tiny. Thank God. <laughs> Most of the big ones are outside. You can see them. You know, that's the kind we like. We don't like a spider that disappears. And thank God they can't fly. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It's helped me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The sound of life. This is for the farmers, specifically the dairy farmers, because you can really relate to this. Jim, who's a third-generation farmer, Read in the Bible. In fact, the prophet Malachi, some interesting things in there. And one of them in Malachi chapter 4 says, You who revere my name will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. 
Now, that may not mean anything to you, but it did to Jim because he vividly recalls calves and excitement. They do that. They've been in the barn for a while. They've been in their stalls, and you let them outside, and woo, they they jump. (laughs) It's amazing. If you ever see that video, Jim's daughter was telling Lisa Samra that story, that actual story there, because they had been discussing the imagery found in Malachi chapter 4. The prophet is making a distinction between those who revered God's name or remained faithful to him and those who only trusted in themselves. So he's encouraging the Israelites to follow God at a time when so many, including their religious leaders, disregarded God and his standards for faithful living. Pretty amazing, right? It's interesting about Jim, because after he read that, he realized what God (laughs) <laughs> part of the aspects of God, and he re- prayed to receive Jesus' eternal life. It's pretty cool. I, I don't know. Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll all be like that. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of that promise, bringing the good news that true freedom is available to everyone, Gentile and Jew alike. That means just everybody, basically. And uh, what an indescribable joy. Maybe we, we don't like to think about that, but maybe we will, right? Lord Jesus, help us to live joyfully as we remember the freedom that only you provide. Amen. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. If your days are packed with noise, chaos, tenderness, precious shared moments, and gigantic messes, you're a stay-at-home parent, right? You have just stepped into the world of sham. I think that's how it's pronounced, stay-at-home parenting. You have joined the ranks of the unseen, the lonely, the overworked, never paid, and it's a job that you never master, no matter how hard you try. Wow. So, this is written by a mom. This is actually on Crosswalk. And Amanda Eidelman, stay-at-home mom, and her experiences right there. Basically, to help you, maybe as a grandparent, okay? What's what's the picture you get? A pile of laundry. Ah, and the head just kind of going down. (laughs) Sleeping in there, right? Oh, it's a miracle, the things, right? It's amazing. So, they're looking at and asking some questions about, you know, what's a stay-at-home mom, things like that. I'm trying to help you out. I come across these things, these articles that people have written, and basically they've gone through that experience with God, and they want to go through it and make it make it so you can as well, too. It's a pretty neat resource, and you may be familiar with it already. It's on crosswalk.com slash family slash parenting slash how to fight state. You don't have to remember all that. I'll post this link. On the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. And I got to tell you about a Nicole who goes to church with her husband and her two daughters and gets teased about it. And you're kind of like, tell me something I don't know. You know, it's kind of a lot like my life. Well, that's where her life and your life probably, uh, well, that's a lot the same, right? But that's where the similarity ends probably because I'm talking about Nicole Kidman. 
And you probably know that when I say her name, you probably think about something, maybe past marriage, maybe a current marriage, maybe a movie she's been in, something she said. She's got a lot of past, okay? She's not known for her past. God doesn't see her that way. And she's heard it all, she said. She said, I live in Hollywood where it's, it's rare to hear topics such as Jesus, the cross, or God. There's only the universe, good vibes, crystals, and tarot cards, and well, maybe manifesting your own destinies, kind of the way it is. She has a couple of beautiful daughters. She thinks so, okay? And her husband, Keith Urban, who a lot of people love. I just can't believe he's country music. I love that. And during the pandemic, he would come on with, he'd be in his studio doing music, you know, like everybody else was trying to get their music out there, and she'd be dancing in the background. But they named their daughters Sunday and Faith. They've been married 15 years. That is pretty cool. Despite being made fun of for her faith, she has steadily and faithfully relied on Jesus since her childhood. You should know she was raised, she said, by a very strong Catholic grandmother. I was raised praying. So that had a massive impact. Hearing that? Praying had a massive impact. And she's raising her daughters the same way. Sunday in faith. To know and love Jesus. Man, can we all just take a moment and say, Mama, we get it. We're with you. Awesome. Yes. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The Sound of Life. I guess we're moving into the season. You know what season it is. It's the season of bugs trying to get in your house, apparently. (laughs) That's what it is. I was watching a video this morning (laughs) of uh, Dave Moore. He's out in Arizona. He does the, uh, well, you hear him on the weekends here on The Sound of Life, and he fills in for me in the morning some. But he had a little plastic bowl of a beetle that had gotten inside. It was kind of like a big stink bug. I was going to say the stink bugs are trying to get into my house. I don't know if they are into your house or not. But, I mean, there's a couple of them on the screen, every screen, <laughs> you know. So I treat them right. I thump them out in the yard. They probably come right back, you know. As Benny the Bugman said, they're just trying to get into They die is what they're doing. Normally they're green, I believe, during the year. and so. But they, they, they can be very scary. Uh, I mean, I know you don't think that, and now you have a different opinion to me when I say that. But I don't know how they get in your house, but I don't know how all those spiders get in your house I found out about either. And I don't want to know. I don't want to know what spiders are there. Obviously, if I see a spider, if I see it long enough, not going <clears throat> sorry, be around very long. I'm I'm sorry. I don't I don't I don't treat the spiders as well as I do the stink bugs. I try to. Some I mean sometimes if they're inside, I have to flush them down. I mean, it's a rough life for insects. It really is, but one of them absolutely terrorized me one day. I was on the air talking like I am right now. And I saw this thing coming. Now, sometimes this time of the year, we have very rarely, we will get like a yellow jacket wandering inside. I don't know how. And and I thought that's what it was. And it was coming right at me, coming across the studio right for me, making a beeline. And I'm talking on the air and praying at the same time. Please, God, don't let me squeal. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I'm really excited to tell you this. I'm going to say a phrase I never thought I would be saying in my entire life, and you either. Christian Taliban. (laughs) What? Say that again. Or or, or, I should say Taliban of Jesus. 
Yes. Now, let's back up a little bit, back into the 90s. I met this man at a religious, uh, yeah, radio, religious radio convention uh, not all that long ago. He was talking about the time in the mid-90s when he was in the Middle East. And he looked out his hotel window, and he said even people living in cardboard boxes on the sidewalk had satellite dishes. He said that's how they get information in and programming and stuff from the West. The government doesn't allow that. And so he started what is now known as SAT-7. SAT-7 is Christian programming beamed in from the satellite. Yes, indeedy. And it's going right into Afghanistan right now. Also, you should know that the word Taliban actually means student. That's what it means. Student. Taliban of Jesus. Students of Jesus and increasing numbers of Afghanistans are becoming students of Jesus. You see, the, the, they have television online programs, Sat7 does. They're coming in around the clock. They're speaking their language. They're coming into every cave and nook and cranny that there is. Young viewers are so eager to meet Jesus that they're contacting the ministry on their phone apps to ask if Jesus is in the studio. Their parents want to know where Jesus lives so we can meet him. Imagine taking that call. It's incredible. And yes, they've been forced into hiding. The children, the future of the nation, are not hiding their curiosity about Jesus. And one of the people in the ministry said, it just brings tears to my eyes when I hear these children, these Afghan children, quoting Jesus' words by heart, creating their own worship songs and using them to deal with the intense fear that they're going through. Um, one of these people, they're just sick and tired of the terror and the fear right there. Uh, a guy called in one time, and he was one of the ones that wanted to meet Jesus in person. And he said, I've got 25 young men with me. We're crammed into my apartment. He said, some of them are having to stand in the bathroom so we can listen and watch. And the next week he called and there were 50 people jammed into his apartment, desperate to hear more. God's love is getting through in that country. And man, I, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Satellite and social media are able to reach even the most difficult places. The power of the gospel and the love of Jesus, uncensored alive in real time to people where they are, right in their homes and on their phones. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that what Jesus said? You'll be doing greater things. It's incredible. Nobody ever dreamed. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. The sound of life. Pouring down rain this morning early. I was going to talk about, I had such a hard time getting out. I couldn't hold the umbrella. I had to have a jacket and a hat on. I had stuff to carry pouring in the rain. And I was thinking about people in Afghanistan would be wishing for something like that. It'd be a miracle if they'd have my problems this morning compared to what they have. So we're going to pray for them. That's the way. That's the solution, right? Imagine what the fullness of the kingdom of God in Afghanistan would look like. And then you ask God for what you see. Okay? So we're going to pray in line with Jesus' prayer. Our Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Peace, security, Joy, hope, freedom from fear, corruption, oppression, the abundant life of Jesus. Yes, Father, let your kingdom come. Your will be done in Afghanistan. Amen. 
Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Well, you've seen this played out before. We're getting used to this for, for a long time. It's kind of been like this. This happened to be in Tennessee, but it is in Putnam County in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, the school administrators informed the staffers that they're no longer allowed to lead students in prayer. It was a big thing that was happening after the football game, to say the least. It was a letter sent by a group of Americans united for separation church and state, of course, to the administrative school board. That's what they do with a lawyer there. And, uh, you know, according to them, well, we've heard there are multiple incidents of prayer and proselytizing at events. So they said, we've got to stop that. Even though the district said we support the right of students to participate in and lead spontaneous prayers. So one parent explained to the news team that, yes, we're going to lead our children in prayer after a football game. All right. So it turned out to be quite the success. See, that's the thing that's kind of interesting. They're like, okay, hold my sweet tea. Watch this. So it actually turns out to be a more powerful moment than it would have been before because now we're not taking it for granted. And now I'm getting involved as a parent, okay? So they were leading the kids. Fans flooded the field, came off the stands and flooded the field to pray with their children. The cool thing is that one of the alumni, Bob Vick, took a pick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and he said, Satan's power was defeated tonight as the threat of legal action to forbid prayer at the game was overwhelmed by player-led prayer, supported by parents and fans in solidarity. Woo! God bless the uh, Baxter and Stonefield players for their faith and courage. Amen. Yep, yes. Amen. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. I'm going to do something really kind of cool because I want to relax you kind of early this morning. Play a piece of music, and I want you to rate it for me. It's piano, and uh, it's pretty cool, but I want you to rate it, you know, from 1 to 10, being 10 the most magnificent. And I'll tell you about it coming up, all right? Hang on. I told you that the composer of that piece has never taken a music lesson in his life. He did compose that. What if I told you that the composer was none other than Mr. Jack Lemmon? Yes, the one that got famous being in funny movies with his buddy Walter Matthau. That Jack Lemmon right there. Now, what is it? A 10? <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. My question is, does it take more bravery to pray after a football game? It's parent-led, by the way. Or does it take more bravery to go over and help out the opposition? Well, player noticed somebody was hurt on the field. He knew exactly what it was. The guy had a, he had a muscle cramp in his hamstring. And this player knew exactly what that felt like, and the trainer was going to be a minute before he got over there, and he needed immediate attention. And he ran over there, and he started stretching his leg out and helping him. 
Well, somebody saw it, of course, and took a photograph of it and posted it, and it got on ESPN, and boom, everything went viral, and it's really pretty cool. And they said, no, this isn't weakness right here. This is the ultimate in sports. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. How about a fanfare for your favorite hero today? Well, not your, maybe, but it will be after I get down here in a second. Your, fa- your hero of the day today. Yes, here we go. Ready? It's going to be big. One of the most amazing people ever. Wow. Let's bring in Clara Barton. Now, when I say that name, you probably think of the Red Cross. You're absolutely correct. Clara Barton, one of the most extraordinary Americans who ever lived. During the Civil War, she went on the battlefield to tend emergency aid to the soldiers. Imagine that. Everybody was like, I'm not going out there. No. In 1881 is when she founded the American Red Cross. But the thing is, as her name grew and the war was ending, you know what she did? Well, first of all, she was overwhelmed by request from brokenhearted families asking for her help in finding their boys. She probably didn't realize that there were so many people. So many people were missing. And because she was Clara Barton, she did it. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, when her name alone didn't open an official door, the force of her conviction did. And through her efforts, around 22,000 Missing U.S. soldiers were found, some living and some dead. And she did it all without a computer or a smartphone or a tabulator. Probably just that God-given brain in her head. Pretty amazing person, Clara Barton. And thanks to so many families were able to rejoice at the return of their loved ones or began to grieve, finally knowing for certain that they were never coming home. So thank you, Clara Barton, your hero today. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Got a little note in case you're wondering about, I was uh, and very inspirational person by the name of Jane Marzuski, now living in Nashville, known as Nightbird. And you probably know her for being on America's Got Talent. Incredible presence there of joy amidst a sickness And she got the golden buzzer from Simon Cowell, who was obviously pretty much stunned by her, I think, as everybody was when they saw her face and the courage of it in the face of fighting such cancer. Not not a simple, we're going to cure this, just hang in there kind of cancer, a kind where you have 2% chance of living kind of cancer. And she's quoted the famous, now famous quote, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. Isn't that amazing? Well, I, I know that Simon Cowell was touched by her because he's he uh, talked with her quite a bit backstage, he said, and then he's been calling her like every couple of weeks to find out how she's doing. Well, she posted on her Instagram about how hard it is not to be in the finals, which were just uh, uh, last week, I believe, and in her faith in the midst of the storm that's so inspiring. She said, I bet you never saw someone win so hard and lose so hard at the same time. This isn't how the story was supposed to go. I spent a lot of time squeezing my eyes shut and trying to remember what I believe, counting my breaths in the grief cloud, burying my face into God's t-shirt, she wrote on her Instagram page. I thought I'd share it with you because maybe you can relate or know somebody who does. She said, I remind God sometimes and not kindly, 
that I believe him when he told me the story he wrote for me was good and then he never stops thinking of me. I must be a fool in love because even from under all the debris, I still believe in him. And I'm, I'm, when I'm too angry to ask him to sit on my bed until I fall asleep, he stays anyway. Wow. The, I, she's been writing songs since she was like six, I think, and doing very well. Simon Cowell, I actually said, listen, don't try to come here and do this. You don't need this. You can do it later. Okay? You can always come here and do it later. It's pretty cool, right? So may God continue to be with Nightbird, as she's known, as she goes through this journey of fighting cancer. May she feel his presence and also continue to hold on to hope as she chases her dreams, too. Okay? Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Ashley Ashcraft is a writer with imom.com. imom.com, and I'll post this article. It's very appropriate because I'm sure we can all remember a teacher that we just didn't get along with, and your child may have one of those too. Five things that include about perspective and teaching empathy, working with difficult people, prayer, a very important thing to do. Um, and so this will help you out right here. If you've got a child that's got a teacher they can't get along with, ask your child too. And I'm going to post this, by the way, on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. You can check it out and hopefully it'll help your family out there. That's what we like to do here at Cup of Joe Morning Show. Ask your child, why do you think teachers sometimes yell at their students? Ooh. Listener supported, the sound of life. Well, for our Jewish friends, tonight begins... Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, or Sukkoth, and a lot of different ways to spell it there. It is found in Leviticus. Yes, where they all are. These aren't just made up, okay? These are in the Bible. God laid them out in Leviticus, how to do this, right? Now, in Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, we find Jacob journeying to Sukkoth. Right there, he made many booths, as they were called, or shelters, so he called the place Sukkoth. Now, per Leviticus, this feast believers would weigh palm branches. So this feast has a uh, is a prophecy of Palm Sunday. That's right, with Jesus. And then, get this, in Revelation, in the end of the Bible, the people who are in heaven will again be waving palm branches. Oh, God is so awesome. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. The sound of life. Just saw this little news item about archaeological evidence of what our ancestors actually wore and how they made clothes. It was headlined, when did humans uh, start wearing clothes? In the Garden of Eden, that's when they started wearing clothes, absolutely. Adam and Eve never had clothes on before. They communed with God every day. Nobody knew. They didn't know. You know, it was fine. It was all good. That's why when God came looking for him, he said, uh-oh, something's wrong. When they're hiding, they realize they were naked. I said it. Oh, dear. Yes, they realized they had disobeyed God. And that was one of the things they realized. And so God had to make clothes for them, which was a whole big prophetic thing of what was going to happen in the future anyway. But, uh, yeah, we've been dealing with it ever since, haven't we? My Lord, have mercy, mercy me. And I could just hear it a little bit later on. Edith, he was talking about not wearing clothes on the radio this morning. You're funny, all right. You're a scream. You ought to get a job on one of those excursion boats. The Sound of Life. 
Wow, I just saw this. Kind of surprises me even. We've done it. We actually did it, apparently. Well, you didn't personally. Your neighbors did, right? They did a study of 10,000 young people all over the world, and 56% of them think that we're doomed. That's it. That's all the news, all that talk, all that doomsday stuff. We did it, you know. But that's 56%. And I mean, at any given moment, some of us think, you know, we forget who's king of the world, don't we? We just got to keep out there showing our young people who's king of the world. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Glad you're along this morning on this first day for our Jewish friends anyway, Sukkot. Or Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot's the Hebrew, and it's all laid out in Leviticus, in the Old Testament, of course. Um, And one of the things they do in that, in this feast, originally anyway, was uh, waving palm branches, which, of course, as you may have already figured out, is a prophecy of Palm Sunday, waving palm branches when Jesus had his entrance. Also, yes, here he is, Mr. Know-it-all. In Revelation, people who are in heaven, us, presumably, by then, will be again waving palm branches. Wow, they're a big deal. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. Cup of Joe Morning Show here on The Sound of Life. Yeah, that is Rhett Walker, gospel song. I am Joe with our fall fundraiser starting in a week. It's going to be exciting. Yes, indeedy. And i tell you what's really fun is to hear from people like Helen right here. Helen had a bunch of ladies surrounding her. Just tell us about that. How are they bugging you, Helen? These women invited me to Bible studies, and I did everything I could to stay away from them. You know, I locked the door. I pulled the shades. I tried everything they would call and say, you know, Bible studies today, Helen, I'd say, oh, Robbie's sick, his ears are bad. Well, we'll send the babysitter over there. Well, I've got ironing to do. Helen, I'll do your ironing tonight. And they drove me crazy. I mean, I just walked away from them so many times, tried to stay away from them. And I went over to one lady, and I said, I don't even like your God. But she said, Helen, that's okay. He loves you, and I do too. And that summer, I was saved. Love hearing your stories. It's amazing. When you make a donation to The Sound of Life, you make those things happen. You see, you keep us sharing the love of Jesus. Lives changed. Your gift and your story are welcome today, right now, too, at our website, which is soundoflife.org. Be sure and pray for our Days of Hope Fall Fundraiser coming up in a week. As I said, 28th, 29th, and 30th. And thank you in advance. God bless you. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The Sound of Life. I'm thinking the Apple co-founder, Steve Wozniak, uh, must have heard the song by Matthew West, Do Something, because he's doing something to clean up the space debris or junk or whatever you want to call it. They estimate there's 27,000 pieces floating around. I don't know if he's going to use a big broom or not. We know that the company is named Privateer Space. You're going to focus on monitoring and cleaning up objects in space. Wow. be interesting to see how they do that. I, I wonder if they're just going to sweep it under the big space rug. You know what I'm saying? You're not really much of a morning person, are you? The Sound of Life. I want to get you to get a visual for me, okay? Because it was on video. It was during the 2018 baseball season. Chicago Cubs coach He wants to give a baseball to a, a young fan sitting near the dugout and the coach tossed the ball toward him a man scooped it up instead it's on video and it went viral news outlets and social media skewered this brute of a man 
except nobody knew the whole story. I mean, nobody watching the video did. Earlier, the man helped the young boy snag a foul ball, and they both agreed to share any additional balls that came their way. Unfortunately, it took 24 hours before the true story emerged, and the mob had already done its damage, demonizing an innocent man. We need to be careful. Because, I mean, the Bible warns us about spreading false reports. And as believers and followers of Jesus, may God help us not to spread falsehoods. May God provide what we need to exhibit wisdom and to make certain our words are actually true. Wow, it happens a lot. Father God, with things moving so fast these days, it's often hard to know what's real. Help us to listen, pay attention, and speak only the truth. Amen. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Fourth day of Feast of Tabernacles for our Jewish friends, or Sukkot. A lot of water in the Bible, I realized, you know. Uh, Jesus, the entire chapter 7 of the book of John, takes place at the Tabernacles Feast that they're in right now. Jesus proclaims he is the living water of life. That fulfilled prophecy in Isaiah. Isaiah 12, 3 tells us to draw water from the wells of salvation, meaning Jesus. And in Revelation chapter 7, says the Lamb will guide us to springs of living water. What a picture. Very important. Maybe that's why three quarters of the earth is covered with water. Just something to think about early this morning. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Marion Military Institute in Alabama had an alumnus. Dr. George Rapier. He had never gotten in touch with the school, ever. And it had been a while since he graduated, and he got in touch with him, and he said, I lost my yearbook. I just wondered if you had a 1969 Marion Military Institute yearbook. And they said, no, we don't, as a matter of fact. Unbeknownst to all that, uh, another alumnus at a thrift store and bought a box of yearbooks that they had, all from Marion Military Institute, gave it to him. You know, and they're rifling through there, looking at him. Lo and behold, there's one from 1969. I guess it made uh, the doctor very happy when they gave it to him because he sent him a check right after that for a million dollars. Yes, indeedy. So the uh, the lesson for us today is look around. Maybe God's doing something. Waking up with a cup of Joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing the sound of life i'm looking at an article in imom.com which i post for you quite often abby watts talking about frustrations of wives and we, we might as well get to this one first right his dress shirt is wrinkled you have a wedding to get to in an hour you iron it before even jumping in the shower and you know this means you're going to have to rush to be ready on time meanwhile when you ask him to zip up your dress he asks you to step aside so we can see the tv well if he lives through it why do you notice and respond to his needs while he seems oblivious to all of yours? Now, here's the thing. Don't stop serving your husband, but speak up about your frustrations. Keeping it bottled up will only make the bitterness inside you boil. He'll likely say he just doesn't see it, which will probably get you more frustrated, and that he's not a mind reader. Mm, men say that a lot. Ask him how he'd like you to communicate about what you need Establish a method for sharing your needs that doesn't feel aggressive to him so you can help him understand what you want. Now, I know women are always like, yeah, you're always posting those imom.com articles. What do you have for men? It's all prodad.com. How's that? Wow, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> 
You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org. 